So we have started into our Christmas time. I mean, if you look at the lights and listen to the songs that we sing, it is Christmas time. Last week, uh, as we started looking at Christmas, we looked at the Christmas story, but in a little bit of a different way. Uh, John, in the Gospel of John, tells the Christmas story a little bit differently. He doesn't tell the story of a babe in a manger and of angels and shepherds and wise men. He tells the story by saying, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He tells a story using a, a, a fancy theological word called the incarnation. God put on flesh, and as Eugene Peterson, the, the author of the message, puts it, and moved into the neighborhood with us. This is the Christmas story, God putting on flesh and coming and living among us. We also looked last week, if you remember, at saying the Christmas story also didn't end when Jesus ascended to heaven. Jesus was here for 33 and a half years or so, and then ascended up into heaven. And it's not that, okay, then we close the book, Christmas is over, now let's get on with the next thing. But Christmas continues through us. The incarnation means God put on flesh. And if you remember back to last week, who do we have living inside of us if we are followers of Jesus Christ? The Holy Spirit, right? Who is God. You and I are now the incarnation of God. We are to be God put on flesh, living among his creation. That sounds an awful lot like the Christmas story. We are the continuation of the Christmas story. But let's be honest with ourselves. This can be a difficult time for Christians. Christmas is a Christian holiday, right? I mean, Christ is right there in the name. But this can be a particularly difficult time for Christians. This is a time that we, if we're really honest, we can lose focus. We can get distracted by everything that the holidays, and I put that in quotes, not trying to do some political thing, we're bringing back Christmas, like I'm not trying to go there. But all that this Christmas season, all that the holidays throw at us, it's easy for us as believers to get distracted. For us to forget what the true meaning of Christmas is. I'm going to use two phrases this morning and know that I throw up in my mouth a little bit of time every time I say it. The, the true meaning of Christmas, it sounds like a Charlie Brown special, and the reason for the season. It's a Hallmark card. But I also can't come up with a better way to say those things. And so it's what I got. But every time I say it, if I give a little... Be patient, I'll swallow it down, we'll move on. But we can get so distracted that we miss truly the reason for the season. We as believers have to fight the distractions of the holidays. And hear this, it's an active fight. We have to actively battle against all of the distractions that come at us. Every time we turn on the TV, every time we go to a Christmas party, every time uh, we're at the mall, every time we go to Walmart, we open our computer, distractions are being thrown at us in one form or another. And we as believers have to fight against it. Because here's the thing, if we don't fight against the distractions, we will forget to focus and we will buy into false promises. Let's take a look at each of those. We will forget to focus. It's not that we will choose to focus on something else. It's not that we go, yeah, yeah Jesus is a nice add-on, but it's secondary. 
Very few of us, maybe one or two of you, has had that conversation in your head. Most of us don't have that. We don't choose to just go, nah, I'm going to focus over here instead. But how many times have you found yourself during a Christmas season going, oh man, I've been so caught up in all of this, I missed it. I forgot what it was all about. I forgot to focus. We, we are told things all the time. There's, there's so many distractions thrown at us, but there's even good things that are thrown at us as distractions. What is Christmas about? Well, it's about family. Christmas is about making memories. Christmas is about traditions. Is that what Christmas is about, church? It isn't. Are those bad things, church? No, they're not. But the enemy is crafty, and he will use good things to distract us. When we buy into those lies that Christmas is about family, all of a sudden, Christmas becomes a season about making everybody happy. When Christmas is about family, I'm in the business of making sure people don't fight. Making sure that each kid got the exact same number of gifts. Making sure that no one feels cheated. Making sure that we make it to everybody's house all on Christmas Day. When Christmas is about family, my job is to make everyone else happy. And that is exhausting. That is an unwinnable fight. But you don't have to watch many Christmas specials to pick up on that. You don't have to have many phone conversations with your mom or with your mother-in-law to find out that some people think Christmas is about family and doing it their way. I'm not against family. Don't hear that. But it can be a distraction. Memories. We all think, man, Christmas is about making memories, especially once you have kids. You want them to have the best Christmas memories and you're trying to give them an experience. And it's exhausting. For some of us, we grew up with not great Christmases. Christmas can be a really difficult time for people. If you grew up in a broken home, if you grew up where there was abuse, if you grew, Christmas can be a difficult time. And so some people, their reaction to that is, I have to make new memories to replace the old ones. Everything has to be perfect. And it has to look just like the movies because the lie is that's what everyone else has. And i got to work real hard to make those kind of memories, to give those memories to my kids and to my family. We have to have these, these awesome Christmas traditions that, if we're honest, kind of outdo one another. Have you ever heard people kind of start talking about some of their Christmas traditions? And somebody's like, well, on Christmas Eve we do this. And somebody goes, well, here's what we do on Christmas Eve. We build an actual life-size train as a family, and, we, and you're going, what are we doing? Traditions are not a bad thing, but they can become a distraction. We didn't get to do that thing that we always do every year. Christmas is ruined. It's just not Christmas anymore. These are distractions that take our focus off of what Christmas truly is about. And, and here's the thing. Again, we talked about family, memories, traditions. These are not bad things. These are good things. But when you aim for them, you will miss the true reason for the season. When you aim for the true reason of the season, you will get family and memories thrown in. Let me tell you, your family will be much better off if you choose to focus on the real meaning of Christmas. They will get the best version of you 
when you focus on the true meaning of Christmas. True memories will be made when as a family you decide to focus on Jesus, on God put on flesh. You will have better memories. When you aim for the true reason for the season, you get the rest thrown in. When you aim for the rest, you miss it. And when we forget to focus, we buy into false promises. False promises like, man, when you talk to people, man, what is Christmas all about? They're going to say, joy, peace on earth, contentment, abundance. Like there's all of these different things. Think about the last Christmas commercial that you saw. Maybe it was a Target commercial. Maybe it was Walmart. Maybe it was eBay. I don't know. What are they selling you? It's not shoes. It's not electronics. What they're selling you is if you come and shop with us, if you get the latest, greatest, newest, shiniest, look at how happy everyone is because they got this new thing. Look at how joyful everyone is. They always show, how many times do they show a a family with a Christmas tree with one single gift underneath it? Never, right? There's so many gifts you can't see the children. Because, man, we'll give you abundance. Look how happy everyone is. Everyone's so content because they shopped at Target. If you've ever been to Target during Christmas season, it is not a joyful place. (laughs) Go a few days before Christmas, it looks like a tornado went through that place. But we will buy into these false promises if we're not careful. When we get distracted, we start to think, this is going to make us happy. This is going to help us as a family. Finally got the perfect gift. Everyone's going to be so happy. Parents, how long does it last? How long until they don't even remember what it was anymore? They lost it. Have you seen my, what was it you got me for Christmas? Remember I loved it? I don't remember, I don't know. I really want this now. And we as parents, we're so much better, right? We don't do that at all. We get these things because we think this will make us happy. If we can do this, if we can get this, we'll have joy and we'll have peace. And every year, think of last January 2nd. You're taking down all the decorations, cleaned up all the wrapping paper, all of that kind of stuff, and you're just kind of back at it again. It didn't last. It didn't actually help. You were distracted for a month, and now it's back to life again. They offer false promises that don't work. And we as believers who should know better, where do joy and peace and contentment come from, church? From the Holy Spirit, from Jesus Christ himself. But we will still get distracted. We'll still look for it in things. We'll look for it in relationships. We'll look for it in events and memories. And not that they're bad, but we'll miss it. We have to fight the distractions of the holidays. And we have to remain focused on the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas, I've already said at the beginning, is the incarnation. The true meaning of Christmas is that the light came into the world offering life and it's never left. This is the only thing that sets Christmas apart. If it is just buying each other gifts and having fun Christmas parties and cool, pretty lights, fine, but let's just call it Tuesday. Let's not play any more games. Christmas 
is about the light coming into the world and offering life. And it's never left. This offers much better promises. Let me tell you. Some of those other good things that offer mm, okay promises at best. You'll be happy for a week. This offers joy that lasts. This offers true peace. This offers purpose. Remembering back to the day that God put on flesh a babe in a manger is more than just a cute story. It's kind of just become a tradition, a feel-good story. Something that, that Linus tells us in the Charlie Brown Christmas special and we go, aw, Linus gets it. The, day, the reason that day was special is because that was the day God himself entered time and changed everything. That's worth looking back at and celebrating. That changes things in our lives. We have to fight to keep that the focus. We got about 10 days left before Christmas. This is where things kind of get intense. The heat gets turned up on a lot of things. From last minute shopping to Christmas parties to concerts. And if you have kids in school plays and all the stuff, like it gets turned up. The distractions are coming. They've been coming. We have to fight to remain focused. There are better promises involved. Let's go back to John chapter 1. We looked at it last week. Verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in Him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Do you hear the promises in there? When the Word, Jesus, came in the flesh, He brought life and light. No family gathering is going to give you that. No perfect Christmas day is going to give you that. No perfect gift, nothing offers life and light. They may offer cheap imitations, but it's distraction. When we look back, when we focus on God incarnate, God looking at our helpless situation and going, I will not stand by. I love them too much. Putting on flesh, it changes things. It brings life and light. Jesus continues this theme of, of life and light. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I didn't just come so that like, yeah, they, oh man, that Christmas time, that was awesome. See you on Easter. He said, I came so that they could have life and abundant, overflowing life. Paul says to Timothy, life that is truly life. Not this fake stuff. Life that changes things. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want life? There's only one place to get it, and it's Jesus Christ. It's why he put on flesh. John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Jesus is saying, look, like you want life, you got to remain with me. 
we got to walk linked arm in arm, hand in hand through this. Otherwise, you're like a branch cut off the vine. Dead. Dying. Withering. You cannot find life anywhere else. Don't buy the lies. During Christmas, which should be the time that it's easy for us, again, it's in the name, Christ, Mass. It's so easy to miss it. He is the vine, we are the branches. We have to fight to stay connected. So Jesus is, he, he is life. He offers us this life. How many times do you come out of the Christmas ceiling, uh, ceiling, season feeling refreshed and fruitful? How many times do you come out feeling just drained and dead? Think, I've already talked to a number of you. We've talked about some things around the beginning of the new year, and this phrase keeps coming up. Well, give us a couple weeks to recover from Christmas, and then we'll look at whatever it might be. Give us some time to recover, because we're dead. We are crawling across that Christmas finish line with nothing left to give. And Jesus says, when you walk with me, when you abide in me, you will bear fruit and you will have life. That doesn't describe most of our Christmases. There may be a few of you out there, and praise the Lord, you get it. Most of us, oh man, I... Just talk to me middle of January. I need a couple weeks. I'm dead. I got to recover. Now, here's the thing. If we have that conversation, you go, man, I need some time to recover after Christmas because it's like we have some good friends that got married last night and we closed the place out. We were so excited. We celebrated like until we couldn't dance anymore. Yeah, I need some time to recover the next morning. I get that. I will applaud along with you. We praised Jesus so much during Christmas that it took it out of us. Okay, let's take some time to recover. We ran and played the game the world put in front of us so hard I got nothing left to give. We missed it. Is this making sense, church? Yes. Jesus came and he offers life and light. John eight twelve. Then Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We get so distracted by Christmas lights. We get so distracted by the shiny things that we miss the light of the world. And listen, we're not the first ones to do this. Let me, let me put that saying that Jesus did there in some context for you. This happened on the last day of what was called the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was one of the three times a year when every Jew had to come back to Jerusalem. They had to make this pilgrimage so that they could worship at the temple. It was a massive deal. People from all over the world coming back into Jerusalem. And one of the things that they would do on the Feast of Tabernacles is they would light these massive lights. The temple would be lit up like Christmas because it was to represent back when God was leading the Israelites through the wilderness as a pillar of fire. It was said by ancient historians that during the Feast of Tabernacles, the temple would light up the entire city of Jerusalem. And they would have these elaborate lighting ceremonies. All, all the people in their best, like priestly garbs, walking around lighting these lights. And it was, think of the people from all over the world, the oohs and the ahs. Jesus was standing in Solomon's colonnade, one of the most beautiful places on earth, one of the seven lost wonders of the world. 
with lights lighting up the entire city. And he looks around and says, you're missing it. You are so awed by all of this that you're missing it. I am the light of the world. Jesus says, man, you guys heard this story about this pillar of fire leading the nation of Israel through the wilderness. That was nothing. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. This was audacious. They actually picked up stones to stone him at the end of his whole uh, ordeal here because they said, people can't say that. It is blasphemy for you to say, I am the light of the world. Look around you. Who says that? And Jesus said, I do. Don't miss it. Don't get dazzled by all of this. The light of the world is right here. Don't lose focus. And they missed it. Will we miss it? The light of the world. The light has come into the world. And it says in John that we have known him. Don't miss it. The light came into the world offering life and it has never left. So church, how do we keep from missing it? The temptation is everywhere. As soon as you leave this building, you're going to unlock your phone and boom, it's going to be right there again. More people needing things from you. More people trying to sell you things. Your reminders coming up. Oh, don't forget this week we've got eight different Christmas things going on. It's going to happen as soon as we leave. How do we remain focused? How do we fight the distractions? Look, there's some super practical things you can do. Set some reminders on your phone every day. Hey, don't get distracted today. Cool. That'll work for about four minutes. Maybe three. You can put post-it notes all over your house. Everywhere you go, you're tripping over them. Oh, that's right. Don't forget. Don't forget. It's not a bad thing. It might help. But it's not going to last. We'll see right through them eventually. We'll turn off the alarms because they annoy us. We'll move the post-it notes because I can't see myself in the mirror. How do we remain focused? We have to do what Jesus did. Again, think back to last week's message. Did the story end when Jesus ascended? Christmas story over? No. God is living through us. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, he had just finished in John 8, I am the light of the world. Now he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you want to remain focused this year, make it a point every day to be the light of the world. You want to talk about something anchoring you to the time that the light came into the world? Go try to do likewise. You'll find real quick, I can't do this on my own. I have to turn and focus on Jesus. I'm going to get selfish again. This is going to hurt. This is going to cost me. This is going to be out of my comfort zone. But if I'm going to be the light of the world, I have to go back to that and go, Jesus, how did you do it? Man, it, what did it cost you? It cost you everything. If you choose to live as the light of the world, God put on flesh and living among people, 
it will drive you back to the Christmas story. You will have to come back and go, how did he do that? How did he carry himself that way? How did he love and forgive? How did he sacrifice so much? Because it will become pretty apparent, I can't do that on my own. I can make it so that people see my good deeds and praise me. I got that one handled pretty well. I can fool quite a few people. But that people would see the light in me and praise my Father in heaven, real quick, I realize I can't do this. God, it's you living in me. Just like you were through Jesus, show me how. Don't let me get distracted. Don't let me forget. This is why I'm here. We have to fight the distraction. The light came into the world offering life, and it's never left, because if you are following Jesus Christ, it's now living through you. You are the light of the world. Don't miss it this Christmas season. The world needs it. We're going to sing a song here in a minute to close the service. Uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Most of us are pretty familiar with this song. But this song is kind of set before Jesus came. And it's about the longing that Israel had. Oh, come and set us free, Emmanuel. We're in darkness. We're in chains. We need for God to come and live among us, is, is essentially the song. Those you meet this week, whether they know it or not, are singing the same song. We're in darkness. We need to see the light of the world. And God's not going to do it apart from you. If you think you can ride the pine and he'll just step in and take care of it anyway, we are the light of the world. He wants to put himself on display through us and the world around us needs that this Christmas season. They are buying those false promises and more. They will find out real quick they don't work. They need to see the light of the world. They need to see Jesus living his life through you. Don't miss it, church. It costs too much. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I think of where you say that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, By the end of the day, I will have already forgotten what I've preached about. I just stood up here and talked for a half an hour and I will forget it by the end of the day. I need you through your Holy Spirit to convict me. God, when the distractions come, when I begin to buy in, would you through your Holy Spirit tap me on the shoulder and go, don't do it. Not again. There's too much at stake. Would you lovingly lead us to be the light of the world? God, that this Christmas season, the world would, be, would see something they've never seen before. That Elkins would see something through us that they've never seen before. The light of the world coming into darkness. That they would see our good deeds and praise our Father who is in heaven. God, that they would see something that, that we can't do on our own. They would see living miracles in front of them because a living God is putting himself on display. Man, I think of the memories (laughs) that that would create. I think of the families that would be drawn together as we live on purpose for you. Move in us, we pray, God. Use us 
to change our families, our community. God, truly that eternal lives would be changed this Christmas season because you say we are the light of the world. May we be willing to follow you, to have life, to bear fruit this Christmas season. Convict us where we fall short. Wrap your loving arms around us and walk with us, God, that the world would be different. In Jesus' name, amen.